0: little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. This performance spirit that we're talking about will make you self-righteous. Do you understand what self-righteousness is? You, in your own strength, is going to make yourself right. You're going to hear a teaching. You're going to read the word and you're going to make it happen. And the delusion is because you know that truth legalistically, you think you're walking in that place. And, and the, the, the thing about a lot of people that God sends into BFA, the ground is so bad that it's all you know. Uh, one of the most difficult parts for me personally is how to help people see what they need to see. So all you got to do is get that little bit of light. If that little bit of light breaks through people, that whole thing crumbles. And, and everybody can stay just like you are, okay? You'll be totally loved around here as long as you don't cause a lot of problems, amen? <laughs> and I don't gain anything personally by helping people have a breakthrough, and how many know when you're trying to do breakthrough in thirty people or more plus who is ever watching? Um, and in the whole time for me, the Holy Spirit showing me things. I know things. I know certain things He's trying to aim at and to do. I watch people get distracted when they're the ones that should be listening. Oh, and it's just amazing what He does. Amen. How, how many? How many are? I'm amazed at what He does here corporately. Amen. And I say that because he demonstrates things right while we're preaching and teaching and everything else that he's then going to deal with us about. And he doesn't shy away that somebody might be humbled by it. Amen. God needs to, we need to get the idea. God's into humbling us. He's into humbling us. And most people if you get humbled, you run out the church. And then you're just wandering around cuz you're just going to go somewhere else and get humbled. Or you going to never, ever grow into what he has for you to grow into. Amen? He knows how to do it. And, and I, don't, I just flow with it. Let's go do what you want to do, God. So anyway, it's amazing to me how awesome Holy Spirit is. To bring you to the exact scriptures that I don't have memorized. I I know they're in there. I don't know where they're at. So when the Holy Spirit's like, go read this. Go look at this. Turn here. And it's exactly what's been going on. It's so supernatural that you just know that you know God is talking to you. In in some ways, I would love to have the numbers memorized. But the way he deals with me, this is pretty cool. Because he goes, here, turn here. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like what happened Sunday morning? He had me turn to this. Listen to this. He's amazing. First, he was showing me these other things. And then this popped up right in there. Just in this translation, is it worded this way? Just in this translation. Remind the people to be submitted to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to slander no one without fighting, to be gentle, showing courtesy to all people. For we also once were foolish, disobedient, deluded, enslaved to various desires and pleasures, spending our lives in malice, envy, hateful and hating one another. Now this is Titus in the Bible. How many know the believers back then were just like people today until we get saved and God starts this process, amen? So God's not shocked that we're going out of darkness and into light, okay? He's not disappointed, just like he was saying. He's not shocked that you still have stuff in your heart, Amen. Does everybody get it? When we don't have that stuff in our heart, we are going to be amazingly powerful as Holy Spirit has a pure vessel to flow through. And that's what he's doing to his bride. Holy Spirit just wants to be able to flow through us. But listen, he says, um, "All right, um, For we also once were foolish, disobedient, deluded, enslaved to various desires, pleasures, but in our lives in malice, envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness of God, so remember that you're going to win people with this kindness. If you don't understand how kind he is, you are still damaged. You have got to understand what some of you, when you heard um, in the video, the person say, um, all of a sudden I realized that he was my father. If you have a horrific father image, that doesn't break through to you the way it should. So I need those of you who had an abusive father, a neglectful father, a perverted father, an absent father. When you hear someone say, he's a father, I want you to stop for a second and, and connect, correct, bring that to the revelation, he's the perfect father. He's the perfect father. And everyone here can say what the perfect father to some degree should be like. He should be kind. He should want to hang out with me. He should enjoy that, that I'm his kid. He should be proud of me. He should um, delight in my, in, even in my childishness, if I'm, grown, you know, if I'm a child. He should want to take care of me. He should want to protect me. He, he should want, he should see me as, as the apple of his eye. Now, I can look around and know a lot of you would say, ooh, that won't my dad. And let me tell you what, because of that, that's why you've been bad ground, and that's why it's taking so much longer to have breakthrough than people who could recognize that. Let me tell you, the mountains... The people have had very, pretty good upbringing and, and they've had everything and they haven't had a lot of painful, hurtful things. I call those the mountains. And God says they're going to be humbled, amen, while he raises the valleys up. This ministry, for the most part, has been a valley-raising ministry. There's been exceptions, but overall, that's been the main focus of what God has had us doing. Amen? And you look at the mountain people and they catch things fast. Get ready. What's taken us years to get to is about to come These people are going to be humbled quickly and begin to see these things quickly. And the main reason that's easy for them is they had good fathers. And probably good mothers, or at least good fathers. Amen? So I want you to begin every single time you hear or hear one of the teachings, if you go back and listen, and you hear something about a father, I want you to take time to delete The image of a bad God because of the image of a bad or uncaring or critical or whatever father. Amen? Does everybody get what I'm saying? Human fathers are supposed to represent God, the father, to their children. That's why he made us in his image. But how many know a lot of the population that doesn't happen? how many know in a lot of the population due to what the enemy's done, the fathers aren't even there. And so there's the wrong idea of the mother and a wrong idea of the father and a wrong idea of God and a wrong idea of the Holy Spirit. And God's like, we've got to clean all that up so that you can be free. It's for freedom that he set you free. He did not save you for you to perform for him. Amen? Some of you don't really, really get that yet. I was asking the Lord to show me why certain people I've been praying for and really care about. And I know they're smart and I know that as best they can, they want to love God. But there's just a wall. I said, what is this? And so when I saw that teaching, I knew that's the wall, that performance spirit. And... One of the things I recognized with this, so you need to start seeing if this happens. When they would start to communicate with somebody, they wouldn't look at them. They would distance off and start talking almost to the air because it was a performance. Now, they don't know that because that's all they've ever known as communication. And what um, Dutch Sheets was saying in that is he he couldn't see it. And then God would start to whisper, you're doing it now. You're doing it now. So I want you to begin to recognize when you're not listening and you're just trying to think of what to say next. That's performance. When you're trying to, to impress somebody. When you're trying to get somebody to listen to you. And it has nothing to do with Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with what God wants to do. And so we've called it the teaching on self-absorbed would help. But I realized too, for some people, it is a hiding place from the real them. That the people think this is normal. Amen? The problem is when you think it's normal because it's what you've always done, especially if you're wounded young. Then, then you just always feel like you, things don't work. You're trying your best. See, when you have a performance mentality, you're trying to serve people. You're trying to make people happy. You're trying to be active in church. You're trying. You're, and that's part of the problem. You're trying so hard for approval. And then when you don't get it, the enemy hits you and the false judge tells you how bad you are. And then it just tries to beat you down to get you to run. It tries to make people feel like they can't be honest with you. So they just try to see the good things and just let it go. And that's fine. Unless God calls you to help people get free. And let me say this and let me say this and let me say this again. (laughs) You can stay the way you are. You're perfectly loved and accepted. You can can go and, and be in fantasy land, whatever you want. I don't teach this or do this because I need you to change for me or for this church. Does everybody understand that? And I mean it. I'm not trying to be, oh, see, so I'm helping people break through who want to break through. Which is why this is mainly done on Tuesday nights. How many people have had a breakthrough with this kind of teaching? How, how many know sometimes it honestly takes a battering ram? Boom, boom. It's like Why do you say that over and over? Because there's still people who don't have it. Why does that bother you? Because I'm called to give an account for their soul. I'm not just called to come with a nice five-point message and say it. I'm called by God to however he wants to help people to see it. And so whatever goes on in you to try to make you run, you can run if you want. I'm not using this to control you to stay. But you need to stop and really see what is God doing. And why You know, that person doesn't like you. I don't, there's nobody in here I don't like. There's actually, outside of some politicians, there's nobody I don't like, and I'm praying to love them. But I don't know them personally, and I would take a lot of love to like some of them, I'm sure. Amen? But the real them I would like. Okay, the real them, the one made in the image of God I would like. I don't have that issue with people around here. Amen. I, I've seen by the spirit of God and just by knowing most people here what the real you could be like. Okay. So I just say that because I think we're getting ready to hit some rough roads in this race we're running to help people really have a breakthrough this year. Because we're, we're getting past this. And those who get to that breakthrough are going to be powerful for God's glory. And those who don't. You can keep running the wrong race and running the wrong race. We'll still love you. We'll wave at you, you know. But eventually, it'll be nice to run the race without the entanglements, without the sins, without the heavy weights. Amen? And actually, go for the high calling of Christ. So performance will never, ever, ever get you into the high calling of Christ. Like, what are you going to perform for him? He knows everything. He knows where you're coming from. He knows where you're talking from. He knows, he knows everything. So why are you trying to perform for him? It's just better to sit down and be honest. It's better to look at the places where things don't work out and ask God, what's wrong with me? What has the enemy done to make me like this? All right, so, so I was reading this. Um, But when the kindness of our God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, not by deeds of righteousness, which we have done ourselves. Now, I was reading this. It was different than I was reading it for the teaching tonight. The Lord's like, your righteousness, the things you've done yourself, has nothing to do with anything. And so I'll go back to the letter. So the Holy Spirit in the letters was basically saying, I didn't bring it with me because I really didn't think I'd be sharing it. But basically he said, Cindy, I know how to be God. I'm Holy Spirit, but I'm God. I am the I am. And when you judge and criticize my people, what you're really saying is, I'm not doing a very good job. I won't actually be able to bring forth a perfected bride. I'm way behind the time that the Father has set. Something, And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be in this. I will completely do what I'm called to do. I will bring the church age to its proper end and I will then finish the, the age of the seed of David. I'm going to make this really clear just to get this out there. Joseph and Mary's genealogy is in the scripture. There's not a person here who thinks that Joseph had a natural seed that had anything to do with Jesus, right? But his genealogy is included. Therefore, this is not about the genealogy. It's about one thing. If you even go further, God is the seed of all mankind. And Jesus is the word and he's always been. And he changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's God. He is the creator. He is not created. I don't care who tells you otherwise is not true. I'm not going to get into it. I wasn't trying. He also took me to the whole thing in Philippians where it talks about he's made in the fashion of man. He doesn't say he is a man. That's what he says. And he even says there, I am. In humility, in, I laid down my reputation, which means he had it. And I became of no reputation all the way to the cross to redeem mankind. That's what he says. He never says what people tried to say that he says. Anyway, and, and truthfully, after spending time with him and things he showed me before, our powerful almighty God, Took everything he is, the word, placed it in an egg, in a seed, his seed, the seed of God. And placed it in a virgin so that everyone would know this was not a human. This was the son of God. Who came forth and shocked everybody by coming forth as a baby. That, they call, that he himself called he was the son of man. He called himself that. I don't think anyone else called him that, but maybe John once, when he was talking about his return in the book of, of Revelations. Why did he call himself the son of man? Because he knew the mission he was on. He knew the mission he was on. I personally believe he has always looked the same. Okay, this is good. Does anybody here actually think the Heavenly Father looks like Mary? When Jesus says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So without question, her DNA had nothing to do with the Son of God. But her being chosen to carry, to conceive and to carry the very son of God who's always been and will always be in her womb, to where she'll be called blessed forever, even though the enemy has taken these kind of things and caused confusion about her divinity and his divinity. Amen? And so I'm like, okay, Lord... And I know a lot of people don't agree with this. I don't care. I do not dispute and debate people. I just go to the word. And I don't personally care what the answer is. I just want the real answer. Amen. And if we get the bigger picture, because it's line upon line, precept to precept. What is God all about? He came to the seed of David, the Israelites, all the way back to Abraham, all the way back to the whole thing. Guess where he's going to return to? There. Guess where he's going to set up his thousand year um, uh, reign from? There. Why? Because that's what he's doing. It's just that this is what he's doing. God is so powerful. I chose these people and I'm going to work through these people. And when they did not receive the hour of their visitation, right? He wept and he cried because he thought if they would just receive their hour of visitation this would be so easy for them but they didn't and started a whole new thing called the gentile gentiles got saved it caused the church age everything's happening now is god's fulfill, holy spirit is fulfilling the church age everybody in here is part of the church age amen everybody in here's part of the church age Our big part in this is coming to an end. How many want to be that perfected bride for the finale of this? And that perfected bride. Now, I will say this, The Lord, show me this. Because the things we don't know, we don't know. And I don't want speculation to ever be called revelation. But I want the word to be the word. And it is going to be one way. It's his way. Amen? So I want us to get an idea as what he's getting us ready for. Now, the entire born again believers who are not living in sin, very well could be raptured. That doesn't make them the bride because it doesn't really say the bride. It says the church is holding back or the elect is holding back the Antichrist. Now, I'm not saying I know this or don't know this because there's definitely the parable where half the bride, half those who think that they're the bride is getting into that wedding invitation to that party. Amen. And the other half aren't. But it doesn't say for sure the other half aren't going to be raptured. Because he doesn't tell us all these things. But either way. If the whole church that is born again and not in blatant sin. Is taken out of here. So that the antichrist in his full reign. Right? Don't you still want to get that invitation to the wedding? Supper of the Lamb. Amen? So if you're not looking for an emergency escape. From the tribulation. But you want to be with God. Does it matter? But the Lord told me, he goes, you don't know that you know based on how it's worded in my word. If any of the church is going to be left here. We do know believers will be left here, but they could be the ones who get saved because all of a sudden their mamas are gone. So either way, we need to continue to teach. We need to make sure if there's anybody in our lives who aren't living a holy life, that they do not take the mark of the beast. There's no question what's going on now is, is to brainwash us to see if we will do that. Listen to this though. When you really think of all God's been showing me and telling me and what's been going on here, what he's been exposing, just, he's so cool. It's not by deeds of our righteousness, but because of his mercy. So this is why I said, this is when the letter, after he started putting this in my spirit, he said, he said I can do this, I'm going to do this. Is there anyone here who thinks Holy Spirit will not fulfill what he was called to do with mankind in this age and this no, he's going to do it, right? He's going to do it. So, the, so when we start trying to be do this in our own righteousness, when we start try, when I say our righteousness, the Lord was showing me, and we're going to get in maybe to this teach on disobedience. Okay, I mentioned, this, but when we know he's God and we make him Lord, which is the only way to be saved, amen, and the Spirit comes in us, right? When we do that. He expects us to obey him. It's almost, how many know it's like in our culture? We want to reward our children for doing what is expected instead of for going beyond what is expected. How many know how much the enemy has gotten into our culture? I'm grateful and thankful that sometimes when someone falls into sexual sin and they get pregnant outside of being married, they choose not to kill their babies. But the Lord was showing me that should never be a choice, ever, for anyone, anyone human. And it certainly shouldn't be a choice for a Christian at all. So now you reward those who are in sin because they don't do... What should never even be an option? Do you see, so you see how we water it down? So, so what should happen? So if someone gets pregnant and they're not married, how should the church handle that? I'm looking at all these people who were pregnant, not married. <laughs> how should, well, if there comes real repentance... A real recognizing I'm outside of how God wanted family to be. I'm outside of having the authority with my children and them having a, a father and, and all these things have happened. And this has made a big mess and this is going to hurt everything. And when real repentance comes, amen, then you're forgiven. Then you're forgiven. You're loved unconditionally the whole time, but you're not rewarded for sinning. And we wonder why we have a welfare system by our government that rewards wrong behavior. And the church is doing the same thing. Look how far we've fallen as a church that went along with this culture. Now I'm not talking about self-righteousness. I am talking about you help people repent. And get right with God. You help them make right decisions. Amen. You do what's right in the eyes of God. Does everybody see what I'm saying? It doesn't mean you, you, you don't shun somebody. You don't pretend somebody horrible because they fell into sin. You're not their judge. But if they don't really see what they've done and really repent and turn away from what's evil in the eyes of God, they're, they're set up for a big mess. See God's, you can keep it. God's ways are to protect us. God's ways are to protect us is to protect our children. See, we've got to get free from self-righteousness and move into his kind of unconditional love that does have a true righteousness. We have to understand the ways of God. So so, I mean, so the Lord says to me, Cindy, where you have gotten uh, into pride, remember pride is separation from God, doing it in your own strength. I said, Lord, I didn't know I was doing it in my own strength. He said, well, you yield to me and my spirit comes and, and you know, my spirit's in you he does what he's supposed to do. And the Lord said, I'm, I'm not upset. I'm just, the thorn in your flesh is happening to get you right back on target, which I thank him for. Amen. We live in a day where how much how, we need to recognize what these things mean, so we can get right with God. He's not teaching me a lesson, but if He was, it's okay. <laughs> he's just He's just letting the enemy attack according to spiritual law, so that I'll wake up to somewhere I'm I'm missing it, because my heart is to do these things God's way. Amen. And so God's going to bring us to a new place of, uh, of a stronger place of holiness. To be holy because he's holy. To understand his ways. To quit making. We've watered down everything. We watered down who Jesus is. And then we puffed up who we are. So when the whole world's waiting for the sons and the daughters, the mature sons and daughters to be revealed, what are they really waiting for? The Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus Christ through us. And truthfully, most, a lot of doctrine today has all made, but Jesus get out of the way. It's now my turn. Some of them even say it like that. But then as the Holy Spirit was talking to me, he was like, Cindy, you used to know this was all me. Now you still recognize it's me working through you. You still recognize what I'm doing. I, and the Holy Spirit keeps on. I'm God. I'm God. Okay. I'm God. You're not. I'm God. And as I'm reading, he said, he said, and you should obey me, but you don't get extra points for obeying me. It's not my obeying God that makes me superior. There's nothing to make us superior. Amen. There's nothing, we're not competing. There's nothing to make us superior. And so, so for me, the Lord showed me, you know, you're just getting off track just a little bit here. And, and this spiritual law of mine, this thorn in your flesh, is helping you seek me to get back on track. Would he prefer that I saw that without that? Yes. Did I? No. Am I thankful? It's almost like it would be nice to be able to drive and never ever go off the road and need a guardrail. But if you go off the road, aren't you glad there's a guardrail before you hit the cliff? Yes. Amen. So his spiritual laws are the guardrails of when we're not walking in that perfect union with him and doing this his way. Amen. And it's because he's a loving father. It's kind of like when I put the when my when my boys were little and they were all over the place wild. I put those little harnesses. We called them leashes, but nowadays that would be wrong. Just like our um, playpen section over there is not called cages. It's called, um, what did we change it to? The um, Gated community over there. Anyhow, it's called a divine protection, right? I don't want this wild little two-year-old to run out in front of traffic. And I know with my one son, especially, both of the boys, but especially... Uh, my oldest son never had to even think about it with my daughter honest to goodness but with that son I knew it would take nothing but to see a dog, a cat, a ball and there he would go so he was on a leash and he's alive today thank you Jesus amen it wasn't because I'm horrible it's because I loved him and I wanted him just to stay beside me and to obey me and wouldn't that be great but there was something in place in case he didn't. Well, God's spiritual laws, really, the laws are really for the ones who don't know him. Or, you know, for, for those who are sinning. But, how many know, we don't sometimes know when we've crossed that line. Amen? And so they're for our protection. Everything he does is for our good. It's not for our punishment, it's for our protection. That's why you have to get out of condemnation and you have to get, understand a true daddy's heart. A true daddy does not want you hurt. He does not want you uh, feeling lonely. He does not want you doing things you shouldn't be doing to try to get people to love you and approve you. He wants you to know how awesome you are because you're made in his image and his likeness. But the devil's going to do anything he can to either change what you think God's image and likeness is or to make you think you're not like him. Amen? And so those are all spiritual things we've deal with. All right, so then he goes out. He says... Um, not by deeds of righteousness, which we had done ourselves, but because of his mercy, he saved us through, I've got to see what this word means because He put it in Jewish terms. He saved us through the washing, regeneration, and renewal of the Holy Spirit. This one says he saved us through the M-I-K-V-E-H of rebirth <laughs> and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he abundantly poured out on us through Messiah, Yeshua, our savior. So that being set right by his grace, we might become heirs with the confident hope of eternal life. Look at this, in this race, he's setting us right by his grace, okay? I really want you to understand grace. We have to understand grace. Grace, you cannot earn it. It's God himself, by his spirit, giving everything you need to fulfill everything he has for your life. Every promise, every work, every relationship. Do, do you see why his grace means he gets all the glory? just says, look, if you walk with me and obey me, you're going to walk in my grace. And he knows all the hurt places. He knows all the roadblocks. He knows every demonic thing. And he's always, you know... I told Holy Spirit, so I'm so sorry, you know, Holy Spirit, that I even... Could you imagine his job? To sanctify, first to save, then to sanctify, to get all the evil out, to get everybody in unity, to get everybody understanding Jesus, to get everybody understanding the Father, to get everybody into the Word, to get everybody hungry for God, everybody whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He already knows who the assignments are. He knows he has the job of getting them into heaven without their names getting blotted out unless they really rebel against him. He knows that. Isn't that amazing? He knows everything that's happened to them. He knows why it happened to them. He knows how it happened to them. He knows, your, he knows how your race and your social status and your education and your hangups and your issues and the divorce that happened with your parents. He knows all of that. And he has the job. He singularly has the job of getting all that into unity as the bride of Christ. Minimum. Into the family of God, and working out their salvation with fear and trembling. Now, who are who am I to even begin to think He can't do His job? And look at the humongousness of that job. I'm seeing it more now than ever when I see the small group of people He sends here for to for me to yield to Him, so He can do that. And He's do He wants to that He's going to do that everywhere, some way, somehow. Isn't He amazing? How many can see he's got a big plan for these next ending years of the church age to bring that forth. How many know he's going to do it? How many is going to walk with him in it and be a part of it and let him do what he wants to do and yield to him and not make his job more difficult? Amen? He's going to do this thing. He's going to do exactly what he wants to do and Satan does get to try to stop him the whole time. He can't stop Holy Spirit, but he can try to get people to listen to him instead of God. And God set it up that way. So he's not in there shaking like, oh, how am I going to do that? The Lord's like, you know, when you even think like that, you really come in agreement that the enemy in people is bigger than I am. And I'm in the people that I'm working on. And I'm also wooing the people I'm going to be working on. So I'm just going to publicly say right now, forgive me, Holy Spirit, for letting any kind of self-righteousness to bring doubt about your capability of doing what you were sent from heaven to do, that Jesus is interceding to be done, that's already in the Father's vision and what he sees. Amen? Now you need to know that more than likely, if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and is not gonna be blotted out, that more than likely your children's name is written in there. (laughs) And anyone that is really close to you, related to you, more than likely is written in there. I mean, Paul says, wife, how do you know that you can get an unbelieving husband to change? Because you weren't supposed to marry them. But overall, this big powerful God knows who you would be asking and praying for, and He would be hearing you, right? So we need to come in agreement with the power of the Holy Spirit to do what He's going to do, and we're just going to start cooperating with Him in a gigantic, big way instead of arguing with Him and trying to be performing and, and being a fake anything so that. He doesn't, so, that, so the enemy can continue to try to cause us to be into doubt, unbelief, fear, and disobedience. See, when you think that God can't do what he's promised, what are you saying about your God? And when you think you should get brownie points for doing what he tells you to do, You've been you've been influenced by your culture too much. It is your reasonable service to do what he wants. It is your reasonable duty to say what he says to do. It's your reasonable responsibility to believe him. He's God. And Satan so just keeps us going around on the wrong track. Because we're not, we just refuse to get off that track, but we're going to get off that track, amen? And run this race. So he goes on. So we're gonna be set right by his grace that we might become heirs. His heirs, what does that mean? Everything that God's promised to his heirs, it belongs to us. Well, God has made us heirs with Jesus Christ. Every single thing that our heavenly father has, he has made provision for us as his heirs. As is born again by his seed, by his spirit, believers. How cool is that? How cool is that? He says, be confident of that. Be confident of your hope for eternal life. Don't agree with the enemy that he's able to even get you to go to hell. Don't agree with the enemy that he's able to take your sound mind. Don't agree with the enemy that he's able to make you return to sin. Amen. Just have confidence in what God has done. And put his spirit into in you. He is going to continue to do it. In the, in the prophetic word he, he had me write journaling to, to myself from him. He said... I am going to finish the work I started in you. He didn't say, if you cooperate. He just said, I'm going to do it. He said, I'm glad you repented. The repentance wasn't for his sake, it's for my sake. I'm glad you repented. In other words, you made this easier on yourself. (laughs) You just made this easier on yourself. (laughs) You you just avoided a lot of things that could have happened But you made it easier. How many know, especially you have some kids who are kind of rebellious, they think, if they would just listen to me, if they would just do this, if they would just stay out of trouble, if they would just do this, or nephews, you know what I'm saying? Well, Holy Spirit's like, if they would just, what does Jesus say to Israel? If they had only known it was a day of visitation, they would have saved themselves a lot of problems. Did he say they, they were never going to have another chance? No, he's going to finish it with, all, with the whole place being saved in a day. How amazing is that? It took all these years of all this hurt and all this mess and all this persecution and all the devil hating them, hating them, hating them to come all the way back around to what he tried to do when he came the first time. How many want to be the ones who avoid all that mess? By agreeing with him now. How many are ready to run that race and mean it? Yes. Amen and go there. Don't allow your mind to go anywhere else. Just call out for grace, grace, grace. So that being set right by his grace, we might become heirs with the confident hope of eternal life. Trustworthy is the saying, and I want you to insist on these things. All right, I'm insisting on these, okay? Trustworthy is the saying, and I want you to, this is um, Titus 3.8. I want you to insist on these things so that those who have put their trust in God will be careful to devote themselves to good deeds. The things that are good and beneficial for people. Okay, listen to this now, especially after what happened Sunday morning, but also when this happened, God, he, he did not show me this to point at anybody else. He showed me this in me. But also, I'm telling you, it points at some of you. He said, avoid foolish conf- controversies and genealogies. Let me get, And strife and disputes about the law, about the word of God. I'm like, whoa, how did this get in there? We were just talking about... My, my pride and all these other things. And I was weeping. And, showing me an and he goes, I don't want you arguing over this. So I looked at the word dispute. And it's argumentative debating spirit that wants to be right. It doesn't matter if Holy Spirit's wanting to say that right then. When if, your brain is trying to think of what to dispute. What to debate about. What to come up and show something different about. What to reason about. God says, "Stop it." The, anointed com- the anointing completely lifted. That was a deep, heavy anointing on Sunday morning, right? And it, something ugh, happened, and it was that spirit of disputing, which is reasoning and trying to argue the word of God because you think you know something. Let me say that that doesn't mean it's your intention. It doesn't mean it's what you thought you were doing. Amen. Does everybody get that? It means there's a spirit that does this to get me rejected. It's something spiritual. So two people can say the same thing. Okay. Mm, Get this, everybody. Stop, 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 stop. Okay. Get this. It's about what spirit it's coming from. Not about what you're saying. It's about why you're saying what you're saying. It's not to control you, make everybody be quiet. Amen? It's about seeing what's in your heart that causes uh to happen and Holy Spirit to lift. I'm just, for those who are sunny. there were people who were sharing and it was taking it in the right direction. And then there was sharing that was like arguing And it was about the word and the word says, but it wasn't a spirit, uh, it wasn't an anointed Holy Spirit saying, I want you to see this. And it's funny how he uses the scriptures about genealogies because that's what the conversation was about. Now, let me say this. Why did God, God allowed that so we could be learning. Okay. And answering prayers and people say, Lord, what is it that still somehow, something's wrong and I can't see it. Can I tell you something? When you can start to let the light in through your walls, you'll start to get breakthrough. Until you can stop and say, you know, why did I say that or was I supposed to say that? Okay, now I'm not talking to everybody. Some of you were sharing and it was yes. And the anointing didn't lift. Okay, why did God demonstrate it that way? Because it's not about what you're doing and being controlled in what you're doing. It's about why are you doing what you're doing? And you've got to get real enough to see, was I just disputing and arguing and I knew a fact about the Bible that I wanted to bring up? Or was it like, you know, I heard the conversation that was going on and then Holy Spirit brought this teaching to me. And I knew if I shared, it would kind of bring more light on something. Do you see what I'm saying? See, God is in the business around here anymore. How many knows he is demonstrating this stuff, not just letting it be a message? Amen? And it's going to be humbling. He's into that. And then it's going to cause others to say, if it tries to close you down, that's not God. If it tries to cause you to go to God say, wow, Lord, you're answering my question. Get this out of my heart. So I said to God, I said, Lord, I don't want any more of this disputing in my heart. It I, doesn't matter. The word, says, the word without the Holy Spirit is legalistic and brings death. This actually says these people here, listen to this. I wasn't going to read this part. I, didn't, I stopped there. So I didn't read the rest of this until a few minutes ago. He says, avoid foolish controversies and genealogies. Strife and disputes about the Torah or the word of God. For they are unprofitable and useless. How amazing is that? We have to begin to discern and listen to the anointing. Flow with authority. He's not trying to dispute this thing over this thing and this person's opinion over this opinion. What? is in the heart of God. What was God up to? What is God trying to get us to? Where is God trying to teach us? Amen? I don't care about disputing. If you want to dispute everything, I'm not disputing it with you. I'm just, and I'm fine with open discussions to hear what God is giving other people. Amen? I love that actually. But the dispute spirit is a spirit that takes hidden knowledge of God's word and throws it out there and it stops the flow of the Holy Spirit. And then, if if you do disputing, you need to stop and say, "Do I have an issue with this?" Because then I might be argumentative in my home. I might be argumentative about the scriptures. I might think more highly of myself than I ought to in my spiritual walk because it's based on hidden knowledge, and I don't really know the difference between the anointing and flowing in the Spirit and knowing what the Word says. And I want to be free. I want to be free to know. I want to be free to understand. And if you don't, that's fine too. But just don't be divisive because look what it says. Dismiss a quarrelsome person after a first and second warning. Knowing that such a person is twisted and is sinning and is self-condemned. Now let me say this. I'm not going to dismiss anybody. I know everybody in this place right now anyway is seeking after God and truth. Amen? But what he's saying there is that spirit of disputing using God's word as the weapon to dispute... What he's saying there is, if that person wants to quarrel and quarrel, and that nobody did that, we didn't have a strong quarreling person. Amen? Um, the performance thing, he calls quarrelsome. It's when you can start you have to get so strong about something and you have to be right and you keep on till somebody believes you and hears you. You know, it doesn't matter if every one of your facts is right, if your heart's not right. And then the real question then isn't to condemn you, is to say, why isn't my heart right? And that goes all the way to the video at the beginning. If you have a performance spirit, you have created yourself into who you think people will like and who you think will help people. In other words, you're gonna create yourself into somebody people will want around. And yet deep down, you always feel like you're not wanted. Deep down, you always feel like people don't understand you. Deep down, you yourself don't know You really don't know if you love yourself. Can I get an amen? Amen. And God's like, you're loved, you're loved, you're loved. Love who I made you to be and put off the other thing because it's going to keep you in the wrong race. It's going to make you feel like you're not getting anywhere strong with God. It's going to cause you to try to perform religious things or perform helpful things or counseling things or whatever things, amen? Instead of getting in the real race, And hearing God and walking, guys, can I just tell you, none of this matters if you don't get a really good relationship with Jesus, because that is what is so awesome. So when Holy Spirit rebuked me, I love him. I don't want to hurt anybody, but I want to preach truth. I want to do this the way he wants to do this, because he's the one who's really doing this. He knows who needs to be here. He knows who runs. Whoever runs and they're supposed to be here, he's going he's to come up with plan B, C, and D, and he will. It may take a longer time. It may stop them from being the bride. He does let us choose to yield to him and to let him deal with the hurt places. Amen? But that won't affect our salvation. But I want to be, I want to be, I want the invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And by the way, I saw, you know, I went home after we talked and Paul Keith Davis was talking. This was what's so wild. Don't you love God? All of a sudden I'm reading this. I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, that's exactly what happened. Right after you first rebuked me and, and show me and Holy Spirit, you personally, you know, have me write to myself as you're talking to me how, how I got to quit judging and how I'm coming against you and you know how to do what you're doing and who do I think I am and what you're really right, God. And he says it nice, but it's still like, really zaps you, you know, you're like, oh God. I mean, for a little bit, you're so, you're so like, oh God, why do you even use me? Why do I get to talk? Why do I get to say anything? Why are my videos out there? They're like, thank you, God. You haven't given me a bigger sphere of influence yet. And then, oh God, let me be merciful and pray for those of a big sphere of influence. And they start to do this nutty stuff because we're in this together. And those people with a bigger sphere of influence, if they fall, really fall, it's going to be very humbling. And if they don't fall, it could lead to destruction. You know, he says pride, was it pride goes before destruction and haughty before fall. So the fall should go first, right? like, okay, you're puffing yourself up now, putting others down. You're thinking you're superior. You're going to have to fall. So maybe you can get free from pride to not go to destruction. Which means there's a possibility of going to destruction, which Paul recognized. I got this thorn. Now, even when you read that about Paul, um, and the thorn in his flesh, you actually still see he hasn't got it yet. It's not till you go later in his life and read his letters, you recognize, oh, he got it. He really got it. He really got humbled. He really saw. How, how many know God is so cool, isn't he? He takes us right where we're at and put, lets him write these letters led by his spirit, but through his own thinking, what he's going through, to such a place <laughs> that we can watch him change. So then when God's changing us, we we'll have got examples of it to see what real apostolic teaching looks like. Amen? All right. Now I want you to see this part. Dismiss a quarrelsome person after a first or second warning. Knowing that such a person is twisted and is sinning is self-condemned. And I want to say this because if you live in self condemnation, and you always feel like you're wrong, you're bad, God can't love you, then you're going to be sinning, to constantly be trying to prove something to everybody. And God's saying they've, they've got you've got to dismiss them. He didn't say they're good because that self condemnation, they're not getting it. And so whatever has to happen for them to hit a wall and say why. Am I feeling so condemned? Why do I feel like God doesn't let me? What am I doing? Why does this happen to me? That's still so his mercy and grace can go in and pick them up once they hit that place. Amen. But I would prefer not to hit that place. And some people can run for years and years and years and years and think they're okay. But they're, they're getting more and more messed up and more and more messed up and more and more messed up. Guess what? God's still there mercifully saying, let's go back and do this right. It doesn't mean that people have to come back to this church. Amen. It does mean people need to get it right. If you need to repent, you need to repent. If you need to apologize, you need to apologize. You're not going to get away from what he's going to require because he's a good dad. He's quite amazing. So tonight, some of you need to really, really look at performance. You could take on a whole false creator to make you who you think your mom will love or your dad will love to make you who thinks somebody will love you. You know, you can take on, this is, this is so gross, but it's so true. People take on a performing spirit for sex. And then they think they're so hot, they can, they can outdo anybody else and get into all kinds of filthy stuff. Even as Christians, totally don't understand the whole idea of 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 godly sex and marriage they totally don't even get it and that unclean stuff follows them it can trap people it can bring people into a relationship that's not of god it's full of lust instead of love um i forgot the scripture i saw somewhere but we're supposed to have everything based on love so if you have a performance spirit in the area of sex everything's based on lust Your relationship's based on lust. Everything has that perversion and appetite. Do do this for me? How's this going to make me feel? How's this going to work for me? And then when it doesn't work, because lust, the devil can bring tons of people together with lust. But love, love is unconditional. Love is not about you having a need met. Love is about you being drawn to somebody for God's purpose because you see who God made them to be. You want to be there to cheer them on in that. You want to be part of lifting that up. Lust is all, how's this going to help me? How's this going to, how many know our entire culture is so lust filled? It's not even funny. It's just everything. It's just perverted lust filled. That's why you got young girls as young as 13 or 14 sleeping around all over the place trying to prove they're okay or somebody will, it's so messed up. That's why you have sex trafficking. That's why you have these perverted people and even in high places who think it's okay as long as they give them some money or do whatever they're doing and somehow they're so perverted. They think they can use whoever they want for their own lust. It's disgusting. It's such darkness. Pornography is such darkness. It's totally lust based and you don't even understand love. And if you have an issue with that, you need to get all of that out of your heart and out of your thinking and you need to ask God to come and cleanse all that and you want to understand love. The Bible says don't awaken love before it's time because to his people, he doesn't want lust to ever be a reason. And we live in a culture that uses lust every, from food lust, sexual lust, any kind of pleasure, just um, getting high lust, whatever. There's just constant, constant, uh, Satan wants to bombard everybody with lustful garbage. Where there's all this lawlessness. So it's just sad. It's just so sad. But God wants us to be a light. Amen. He wants us to understand unconditional love. He wants us to understand that this isn't about how good I am at something and what I can outdo somebody. And uh, look at me. This superior thing needs to die. Amen. This superior thing needs to die. And the inferior thing needs to die. What is God's intention? Remember, everything that is not God's intention is perversion. Amen? And how many know we live in a culture full, more full of perversion than God's intention? And we've let it saturate everything about our lives. And God's like, I'm I'm pulling you out of that. I'm pulling you out of that garbage. I believe there's going to be a move of the Holy Spirit among teens and young people like we have never seen before because I think they're sick of it. I think they're sick of the bondage, I think they're sick of the fakeness, I think they're sick of how superficial it is, I think they're sick of watching people die, of watching people kill their babies, of watching people live these completely useless lives. I really believe that there's a generation out there who is sick of it. But they're not looking to be judged, they're not looking for somebody to come in and try to control them and make them go back centuries. They're looking for truth. They're looking for light. They're looking for people who have something real. They're looking for godly relationships. They're looking for for not fake cool where you got to have cool music and throw some lights around and throw some smoke around and everything else to be cool. They're looking for somebody who knows God. Your kids want to see if you know God. They may not understand it. They may even make fun of it. Not, not your self-righteousness. Not your idea of you know God. A real humbling, boy, you've been changed. Boy, thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. They need to see that God is changing you from glory to glory. Everything else is just talking self-righteousness. Everything else is talking self-righteousness. And it's humbling when God changes you. And everybody goes, I I, I don't hear y'all's phone calls, but boy, she's really been changed since we knew her. Well, I hope you can say that about you. Amen. The most self-righteous go, oh, I knew that. Oh, well, good. Praise God. What has he shown you about you? I love to count it joy. The various trials. Because I want to be like him. Amen. I want to be closer to him. And I don't want to hurt people. I want Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do. No matter what people think of that. Amen. Because sometimes he does things that goes against everybody's rules but his. Because he knows how to heal the broken hearted. He knows how to get. Jesus Christ himself called some people vipers. To his own close friend and disciple, uh, Peter, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. He knew when he had to say something to slap you upside the head so you would listen. Because he did everything in love. He knew Peter's got to get out of the flesh with this. Peter's gotten puffed up. He knew they were all arguing over who was going to sit beside him on his throne when he's about to go die and be crucified, separated from the father, beaten, beaten. What an amazing God. For us to keep trying to make, bring him down to our level. When he came to put his spirit in us to bring us up to his. But never to take his place. He doesn't call us Lord. I personally think it's offensive to for one second entertain the idea that he is part of creation. He is the creator. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together are as one being, one powerful god who is the creator. When that scripture says he doesn't think it robbery to be compared to the Father to God, what that means is he knew he was equal to God. He knew he was equal to God. And yet he chose to become of no reputation. He chose it's like, no father, we're going to do this. I'm going to lay down my reputation. What's his reputation? He's God. I'm not going to use that to make people do what I want. I'm not going to use that to release angels when I know I could. I'm not going to use that to stop Satan when I know I have all authority to do that. I'm going to lay down my reputation. And I'm going to go all the way to the cross to die for these human beings. Made in our likeness, in our image. To give every one of them an opportunity to say yes to being in our family. And he knew he was going to do it. Because he's God. And I want everybody to really understand this. We are a new creation. In Christ Jesus. You might not look like it. You might not feel like it. You might still have all the devil trying to whap you. It doesn't change the reality that if God lives in you, if Holy Spirit lives in you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You are not like people who are not born again. If we could just get this as the church. God lives inside of us. Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He'll never leave us. When Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Well, he's up sitting at the right hand of the father. But he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Why? Because he and the Holy Spirit are one. Holy Spirit kept saying in this thing, I am the I am. It's like, we try, it's like they make Jesus less than the Father and then we make the um, Holy Spirit less than Jesus. And then now everybody wants to make themselves bigger than all of it. The Father, the Lord Jesus or Yeshua or the Word and the Holy Spirit. Our God. Together they're God and they're inseparable, except for that one moment when He turned away from the Father, when the Father turned away from him to go to hell for us. That's the reason he didn't want to go to the cross. Can you imagine being God and for a choice? you're going to become sin and separate yourself from God when you've always been one with him. Only God could even make that happen. And anybody think that he didn't pay enough to heal you, to deliver you, to set you free, to destroy the work of darkness so you can enter into his great light? Amen. We shouldn't have to beg people to want Jesus. How awesome what he did for us. You don't need somebody to build up your self-esteem. You just need to tell the devil he's a liar and you're not listening to what he has to say about you anymore. And you need to recognize the price that was paid because God loves you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And how much we should celebrate. You should get up every morning. Write this one down, Margaret. You should get up every morning. And you should say, I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. Everybody say it. really really think about that a minute I am a child of God He lives inside of me Christ in me not the doctors not medical science not your job not your money Christ in me is the hope earnest expectation of glory I earnestly expect this frozen shoulder is going to be completely thawed out Ho! really soon because Christ lives in me the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is going to have this arm swinging all around the place on a Sunday morning worship time Ho! really soon I don't have to be ashamed of this thorn in my flesh because I got into pride. And like Paul, I can tell you I'm so glad when I'm weak that his power is seen by me. And he's going to do this thing that he's promised. Amen. I can count it joy. If you can't count it joy yet, you're in the wrong race. I don't care what the enemy's trying to do to you. You don't have to pretend he's not trying to do it. But you do need to know who lives in you. Christ lives in you. I believe with all my heart, pretty much, I'm almost sure, everybody in this room is born again. If you're not sure... All you have to do is say, I want the true Jesus, the only begotten of the Father. And, and, I, and I want him to come and I thank him for taking away all my sins. I want to start doing this on here anyway. So right now we're going to talk to those who are watching this who don't know him. If you want a relationship with God, Father, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. I just want you to mean this. Well, let me say this. If you mean this and you pray this, you'll be changed. If it's just something you're just doing with your head, don't expect to change. But if Holy Spirit's talking to you, if there's something in your heart going, I don't even understand this, but I want what this lady has. His name is Jesus. And all we have to do is seriously believe in our hearts, which means my, right now inside of me, beyond my brain, there is something supernatural happening. That's telling me there's hope. There's something supernatural happening that's telling me that there's something real about this God. And I want him. And then the word of God says, all you have to do is believe in your heart and declare with your mouth. That Jesus Christ is my Lord. So I want those who are watching and anyone here who's not sure to really say something's going on in my heart. Something in my spirit is happening. I don't really understand it, but I know something. This is bigger than my head. And they might not make any sense at all, but I want this Jesus Christ, the one who Heavenly Father sits on the throne. Who came forth from the Father is the word of God whose spirit is everywhere all the time. I want this God to take over my life. So Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and I separate myself from my sin. And I want to be who you've called me to be. Now Holy Spirit, I welcome you to come in and do a work in my life. There's nothing I can do except say yes to you. And I choose to say yes. So, right now, if you really believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, confess that to somebody. You need to say it out loud to somebody. I don't care. The first person you see, even if they don't have a clue what you're saying, you just need to run and say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen? Jesus Christ is my Lord. If you need to type it on there to say it, then do that. But you confess it with your mouth, so it's not just typing. So when you're typing, when you're texting it, also say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And then make sure you share it with somebody, because that's what he says. And once you do that, then you need to go and get baptized in water. And if it's just you baptize yourself, just stick some water in whatever, a tub or whatever. Some people don't have hardly anything. That's okay. Just go stand there with a bucket of water and dump it over your head. And ask the Holy Spirit to completely cleanse you. And know that this is a reality of faith. That God's going to begin that complete cleansing work in you. And you're going to be changed. So when you get baptized, you're really declaring in the heavenly realm, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. My old life is washed away by the word of God, by the power of his blood. And the new me is coming forth. The Holy Spirit, fill me up. Holy Spirit, come on me and completely fill me up. And let me tell you, when you see Jesus, who was sinless, but was fulfilling prophecy to have John baptize him, He actually came up and the Holy Spirit in a physical form of a dove landed on him to reveal that now he was going to go and begin the ministry the Father had for him. Which is a good thing to know. When we have that manifestation in a powerful way that the Holy Spirit is really with us, then we will begin to minister. Then we will begin to minister. That's why he said, go and wait and The Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on you soon and he's going to bring the power of God. We need more than words, people. We need God's power. Amen. We need God's power. And so if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, just ask the Lord for it. Just get serious with him. You don't get it because, oh, you want to be spiritual. You don't get it to make yourself feel approved. You get baptized in the Holy Spirit when you want to give God everything and let the Holy Spirit do whatever he wants with your life. For his glory and his purposes. Not so you fit in. Amen. Not so you're special. But so that you are his. And you totally give him your body. Your mouth. Every bit of you. For whatever he wants to do. Amen. And when you're ready for that. Then ask him for to, to be baptized. And he will do it. When you're hungry for that. So with that, we're going to end tonight's message. Now, if you love this teaching and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us Come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.